The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. <laughs> I'm watching. It's for Brown on the edge in the biggest way possible. Hanging out of ass, eating broken, eating bad, I'm going to bad, I'm going to hang around a bunch of bad, I'm bad, day bad, I'm bad, day bad, 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 it's such bad vibes. We are the. I can't wait to tell you what I just saw. We are live in the Ferrella Palace, right across the river, through the woods from where Granny likes to get her cushy, cush, 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 some of that K-Funk Swiss cheese with a little shot or two of J-Mo before dinner in New York City. The Big Apple. Ooh, people dressed in plastic bags. The Brittany Travis. Some kind of fashion. Shake it up. Should do it. All my friend and come around. Let's approach a party. Rats on the west side. Bed bugs up down. What a mess. It's time to die. My brains splattered all over Manhattan. Should do it. Shake it So I'm watching these two. I mean, just absolute <laughs> fat asses boxing. I don't know if anybody's watching this. Like, uh, if you've got this fight on or whatever it is on ESPN, these two guys. <laughs> Where did they find these two guys? I have no idea who they are. Torres and Perez. And they're both just absolute monster fat asses. And the one guy, Perez, I think he's from Puerto Rico. He landed a shot. Oh, man, is he taking a beating? Uh, He landed a shot in the fifth round right to the other guy's onions. I mean, he... (laughs) buckled over he got just haymaker punch right in the stones and this guy he went over like a like he was falling off the titanic it was unbelievable the shot he took it hurt my satchel it, it actually hurt my home plate region i had to take a moment to reflect on life like you get the white flashing light Right at the end of the tunnel, the whole deal, see your childhood, your youth, your divorces, cops, robbers, bank jobs, shankhead, who? Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. 
I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. All right, for a long event, so uh, Greer and Plania are going to fight, and they're decent. The Bantamweight is 10 rounds. But I watched these two uh, fat guys fight in a six-round fight, and I got to say, listen, I know they're fighters. Uh, I-, I could tell that they threw hands and that they could punch and that they were legit. But they were both so fat and, like, I mean, they just couldn't move, and they were just, like, these two giant heavyweights that just were literally just standing in one place and throwing hands, and they were barely moving around the ring at all, but they were throwing these monster shots and jabs and and haymakers and and wild haymakers, like, trying to uh, knock each other out, trying to kill each other, and these two guys were really going at it, and they had the headbutts going and everything. It was all dirty shots, low blows to the onions, the whole deal. So, I got a lot going on here. I'm watching fights. Very excited. Mafia's with me. Uh, They they told me what I did wrong, bottom line, uh, with the uh, show last night, which was problematic, let's just say. if you watch the show or listen to the show, you would have never known, I guess, if you like listen to the show. So everybody's telling me that uh, ah, you can't hear it on the show. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I mean, I don't know what that means to me, but uh, I know this. Like, so what happened was I thought it was pretty interesting. Right. So uh, what happened was, is that like throughout the show, at the first hour of the show, I was doing like the Helen Keller thing. Like I had no idea what was going on. I couldn't hear, I couldn't see, I couldn't do anything. The show was crashing. The, the, you know, I couldn't hear. Haro was on there talking sports business with me. I'd ask him a question. I couldn't hear him. So like, can you imagine like (laughs) when the guy talks, let's say you ask somebody a question and you're on like, Let's say you were on the phone and you asked uh, somebody a question and you couldn't hear him at all, the response. Like, at what point do you just give up? Like, at what point do you jump in or respond or say something? Or what do you do? You don't do anything because you can't hear anything. All I could hear was nothing. So I'm sitting there doing it and uh, he's telling me. Carver High's telling me, it's all good, man. He's talking, you're talking, we got it all. But I said, bro, I can't hear anything. <laughs> and the, and it's freezing, not cold, freezing up. Like the, the show is freezing and stalling and, and burping and, you know, the whole deal. I was just jumping around like, eh. <laughs> I was sitting there, I was losing my mind. And I'm like, all right, so uh, whatever. I'm doing the show, whatever. 
So uh, after the like first hour of torture, where it like at least nine times crashed on me, and I think he crashed on Carver High like twice. He, whatever he rebooted it, whatever he did, and then I at the end of the first hour went and disconnected everything, and then uh, you know re you know plugged it in. Like so, I took it all out. I I rebooted it and did it, and then we went back on the air in the second hour, and then like we had only one more blip the rest of the night so it, it seemed as though everything got cleared up and got rebooted and and all re-registered and everything was good and we were on our way no problem right so i found out in the morning that it was uh like i guess it was me obviously because i had uh the the lines going into the system were all in place but i had the uh, wi-fi on as well so what happened was is that they and not that i know anything but they cross over excuse me, they, they like cross over. So if, uh, the computer, the whole, the radio network, everything, it all responds and it tries to like find which signal it wants to go with the Wi-Fi or the, the, the ethernet cable, whatever it is. And, and it just chooses whichever one it wants to go with, like, you know, hypothetically in midair in the cloud, whatever. Right. So it kept like choosing, I think the Wi-Fi and I had the Wi-Fi on, but the whole deal is I shouldn't have it on at all. But I never knew that. So what happened was like Friday we were doing the TV show and the whole thing crashed. I was off the air for like 12 minutes. Carver High Mafia did the show, right? And I'm like, I have no idea what happened. There's nothing going on here. We had like a power surge or something. The whole thing crashed. I got it back on, blah, blah, blah. I got on the air. Everything was fine. And then on um, Monday, I went on the air on Coast to Coast at like four. And it froze again in like the first minute of the show. Just completely froze up and it, it dropped me. And then Carver High picked up the show and started talking to uh, you know, take charge. And then I got it back on like, a in a minute. And then I was back on the air and we never had a problem again, the rest of the, uh, night for two hours on the show. And then Monday night I go to do the show and nine times the thing freezes. It was like driving me nuts. Like I wanted to take the computer and I literally wanted to just smash it into a million pieces or throw it out a window, set it on fire sell it to Russians, do anything. I didn't know what was going on. It was driving me nuts. And then the guy today is like, <laughs> like boss, he's like, turn off your uh, Wi-Fi. I'm like, what? So I turn off the Wi-Fi and then everything were Gandhi. It was that simple. After all that, after all the chaos and swearing and cussing and throwing sport coats and peeling off clothes and lighting people up, screaming, yelling, temper tantrums, blood pressure through the roof, pills, weed, blow, whiskey, shrinks, hookers, <laughs> everything. I couldn't get it to work. And the guy's like, oh, just turn off your Wi-Fi, bro. I'm like, okay. So I turn it off and then it works like magic, like butter. And now we're grooving. Mavia, did you see how clean we are tonight? It's perfect. It's a beautiful broadcast. It's a beautiful broadcast. It's a beautiful day. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, now we have, it would appear to me, everything under control. Are you surprised, Mavia? I know you're not surprised that in the least that it would be me, not you, but me, that would screw everything up. Technically speaking, you're a genius. Technically speaking, I'm a loser. I'm a loser, yeah, baby. It's, 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 it's the operator error, and it's you. 
So why don't you kill me? I was more surprised that I didn't get the call in the morning about everything's wrong. What do I got to do? I got to, how do I fix this? And then for resolution, so why doesn't mafia kill me? Anyway, so, uh, mafia, I've never been able to, uh, fix anything. Have I like ever anything ever like anything? I can't even put a, do you remember when I tried to put the, uh, Christ, the angel on top of the <laughs> Christmas tree and I well, forget the fact it. that you bought the Christmas tree that was too tall. So what did I do? You just chopped off the top. <laughs> I couldn't get it on there, and it was ruining my ceiling of my house. I just a tree off. I just cut the tree off, and then I was like, "I'm just gonna, gonna put this thing on. I'm just gonna put one of these like uh, leaves and wings. I have no idea what's happening. So anyway, uh, so good for your mafia to sell that. After I settle that stuff, now it comes back to haunt me. Can you even believe? I mean, you can't even describe. In fact, he's not even. <laughs> this same happened. This is the exact same thing happened last night. And his not on mine. His end at twenty past four last night. And this is when we get into the paranormal discussion. This is when we know that at twenty past the hour, both hours, a ghost usher and ruin show. <laughs> That's what happens. The ghost, the paranormal. It, it, it's a spirit that is coming in to destroy the Pharrell and Event show. And knock us off the air. Telling you. Same thing happened last night. So I'm assuming I'll put money down right now. FanDuel Sportsbook Mafia. I'm going to go with FanDuel Sportsbook uh, 1120. The same thing will happen. So right at, at what? 1020. It did it again, right? Yes. So of course it did. I, I know it did. And last night it did it too, right? Yes. This is the. There's Mafia now, so I'm not wrong, right? Like you were there, and then you had to you had to reboot, right? That is correct. That is correct. So it wasn't me this time; it was you. That is correct. Jesus, like, so what do you think? Like every I, here's what's gonna happen. Uh, what I should do is start doing sucker bets with people. Hey man, I bet you hundred dollars that at twenty pounds the show goes off the air. <laughs> Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you, because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All 
All right, there you go. So uh, for all on the bench with you, we had um, CJ Nikowski on the uh, show today on Coast to Coast. That shows on uh, Sports Grid 4 to 6 Eastern and uh, 1 to 3 West. Hope you check it out and dig it. I thought he was great. Um, the thing that was interesting about it was uh, just that he was talking about, you know, not so much Manfred and the players union and the war over greed and money. But it was the part where he was talking about uh, playing in Japan and Korea. So, you know, most guys would never want anything to do with that. And he admitted that. Like, when you get, you know, grow up and your goal in life is to play in the bigs and to, you know, make it, be an all-star, try to win a World Series, get a ring, et cetera. Those are, you know, I guess dreams of baseball players that want to make it and get to the majors, right? So he said that uh, he had all those normal aspirations, but that he never anticipated or dreamt of or thought of or wanted to or even aspired to uh, being involved in playing in the Far East, in Japan or Korea, right? So he said that uh, he never uh, wanted that. That wasn't part of the plan. But, you know, he was in baseball for his whole life. And then, you know, professionally, I guess, for 19 years or something like that, I think he said, Mafia. And then, you know, at the end of his career, basically, he ended up going over and playing in Japan and then, you know, more so in Korea. And I just thought that, you know, he was telling stories about, you know, playing over there and just the culture and, the you know, the game and the players and the fans and how literally everything was different than playing in America. He talked about, you know, even like beaning players over there, they bow to you. And then, you know, over here, we all know what happens when you bean a guy, uh, you know, you know, either a fight breaks out or, uh, you know, you did it on purpose and, uh, you meant business and and all the rest. All all kinds of hell breaks out when when you bean somebody in baseball nowadays. Like you throw behind somebody in baseball nowadays, and I mean the benches will empty, the the bullpens will pour out, the whole deal, right? But he was saying that it's just way different over there. He said, you know, the fact that like the KBO and the Korean League they're playing now with no fans, he says, is kind of a disservice to the reality of the situation because when he played over there, he said that. You know, and I saw those ballparks, right? I've been, you know, I've had my eye on it a little bit. I haven't, I haven't really watched games. I mean, I just watched an inning here or there, a couple innings. And then, but I did notice that they were like outdoor stadiums, right? They were not all indoor domed, you know, these barns that they play in with a roof on them that ruin the game. I, You know, there's something about it. I just, I really don't like those ballparks, you know, really any of them to be honest with you, like Tampa and all the rest. You can talk about all these roofed stadiums when they close the one in Toronto, they close it in Houston and all this other nonsense. I'm talking about like, you know, I like outdoor baseball. I like when they're playing out in stadiums and you can see like the trees and everything and, and the outfield and, the, and around the ballpark and everything else. And he said that, um, he said that when he played there, the fans go crazy and they, they dance, they sing, they, cheer they get wild everybody gets into it like the entire stadium goes crazy they just freak out 
And it's just like a party. He said it's like nothing you've ever seen. He said it's not like that at American ballparks. I thought that was pretty cool. He was talking about how you can, you know, uh, go around in, in Tokyo and you can go around in, in you know, South Korea and, and eat this just dynamic food and sushi and noodles and like, because I, I brought up Anthony Bourdain to the guy, right? Because Anthony Bourdain used to love to go to uh, Japan and he'd go to uh, Korea, Cambodia. Um, he loved all that stuff, right? And all I know is uh, he loved the food. He loved that that style of meat. He loved the noodle. Loved the she loved fish. She loved raw fish and earth. So it was just constant uh, talking about everything, which, which appealed to me when I was watching Bourdain. And then this guy's telling me like really cool with his family, with his uh, kids going to school. They were going to like uh, an American school in Japan and in Korea, and then uh, different cultures, things like this. I just think that uh, it was pretty fantastic. I thought it was really cool, right? So. It is what it is. I thought uh, CJ was really cool talking about that, talking about playing over there, talking about making money over there, continuing his career over there, and uh, he enjoyed it. I thought that was interesting. He admitted uh, that he enjoyed it, right? So there you have it. I thought he was a great guest. And, you know, we talked about uh, Manfred, uh, as everybody knows. Um, I'm not a fan of his. I mean, I got to tell you. Uh, they have, and I have a lot of people here like asking about the show right now in the middle of the show. You know, isn't it funny that people know that I'm doing it and like all my, I don't know, friends, I guess, co you know, colleagues, neighbors, buddies, pals, wife, wife, her friends, or I have no idea what's going on. I get more people like asking me about this show, like when I'm doing it. <laughs> like, do I talk about it on your show? I mean, do I not like seriously? Like, do I not get like a thousand of these things in the middle <laughs> of the show? I love when you get right? people like, called you during the show. Really, uh, you know, it's not that way. They just they always ask like when I'm on the air. They're like, <laughs> they're just like, what channel is it? How do you hear it? What do you watch? What do I search? What do I do? And so I'm trying to like answer people and because you know what happens is mafia, they, they keep attacking me. So if I don't answer their text or their message, they just keep peppering me <laughs> with right. more. Watch me. Me. Are you mad at me? Did I say something wrong? Like, are you there? Hello? Hello? Are you going to really, are you going to blow me off? Are you just going to ignore me? You're not going to answer me. I, I just got like 12 text messages in the last five minutes of how to watch the show. It's so funny to me. Did I not tell the story? Did I not joke around about the story? I, I get a kick out of it. <laughs> don't talk about, don't talk about the show. I always get a kick out of it. Whatever you do, do not talk about the show. <laughs> don't talk. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't want to get in trouble because I'm always in trouble. It's I always get in trouble for things I say because I just tell it like it is. I just come right out with it. Like when I was talking earlier, I just tell you we had all kinds of problems. They don't want to. They don't want to hear that. The the suits and all these people. They don't want to hear that you're having nothing but problems. I don't care. I think it's I think it's more entertaining. Just tell people exactly what's going on here. So I got people uh, bothering me all the time, and then uh, I, I'm just like, you know. I tell him, like, here's what you, I was just at a party. That's the problem. I was at a party tonight, 
And there was a bunch of people there partying. They were drinking, drinking, and drinking, and yelling, and screaming, and spitting, and laughing, and hurling, and talking. Shot a beer, in banana, shot a beer, in banana, shot a beer, in banana, shot a beer. Nobody worried at all about the COVID. People just partying, catered food, booze flowing, people talking, people saying nasty things about each other. It was great. And so I'm at this party, and they're like, How do you watch the show? And I said, It's really easy. Just here's what you do. Just go on YouTube, search Sports Grid Radio. Boom. Isn't that how you do it, Mafia? Is that not how you do it? That's <laughs> is, that not, way. is that not how you do it? Like, is that yep. not how you watch this show at night? Or just go on to your Twitter. We put it up all the time. Or go on my Twitter. Like, I guess you'd have to be a rocket scientist to figure that out. Like that, uh, you know, at Scott Farrell, at Farrell on Grid has it. Where else? Um, and, and, you know, uh, LinkedIn. Facebook, Pharrell and Grid, at, uh, what is it? <laughs> at Sports Grid. Sports Grid, yeah. At Sports Grid, at Sports Grid Radio. I don't know. We have so many links now, so many pages, so many Twitter handles, so many things. I can't even keep track of it all, Mafia. It's too overwhelming for me. That's because we're constantly, everywhere. You're always updating. What? You are. What? The Pitbull's not Mr. Worldwide. You are. Yeah, I don't even know. I, I can't keep track of all this, like all the things I have to. I can't even if I were to put up post-it notes on my uh, camera stand here where I do the show, I'd have to put up like five million post-it notes to tell me <laughs> all the things I'm supposed to say and not supposed to say. And I do none of that. I don't put up any. <laughs> I absolutely have no idea at all what I'm doing. I don't do any, like, I don't do any, uh, you know, warning, warning. <laughs> don't post this. Don't say that. Don't do this. You'll be crucified. Castrate them. Stone them with rocks and garbage. So we were talking, I was at this party, as I said, that uh, I was talking about, you know, I think in the COVID area mafia, in that window, that that bubble of, you know, not the NBA bubble, but but the COVID bubble. I was saying to people at the party tonight that I think my uh, sex life is down 2% for overall 2% from normal, you know, regular peak numbers. I think that I'm down 2% for the three months, whatever it is. I think we're over three months now, right? So... I'm concerned about that. And then I, I said that to all the people at the party. <laughs> right in front of 34C, I just said, I'm down 2%. It's crucial that we you know work on that. I worked on it this weekend. I'm always working on it, evaluating the problem. We have to rectify the problem. Check out. for all on the bench with you. You know what I want to do, Mafia? Will you do me a favor and send me over a nine o'clock so I can shove it down my throat and kill myself? Would that be all right? 
Could you just like how long do you think it would take you to get over here within nine o'clock? Uh, get- <laughs> I don't own a gun. I mean, I, honestly, I just, I, I just, uh, I need a shrink. That's what I need. I need a shrink because I just, uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. I, I don't, I just don't think I can do it. I, I can't do this every single night. I can't do it. I'm going to end up in a rubber room. Is what it, it's. That's what's going to happen. I'm going to end up, they're going to end up putting me in a rubber room over this. I've never seen this before in my life. So many problems. I mean, it is just unbelievable. I feel like it's bad luck or something. What is it? I got to, I just don't get it. What is happening to me? What is happening to my life? I really, I can't even describe it to anybody anymore. I just, you know what? It's inevitable now. I mean, the whole thing's a disaster every night. It's just a disaster. That's what it is. It's a disaster. You know, until until we can leave the uh, ground floor of Disasterville, <laughs> that's exactly where I am. That's where I am right now. I'm in Disasterville, and I cannot get out of the basement. <laughs> I'm stuck. The elevator doesn't work. The escalator broke years ago. <laughs> I can't get out of here. I don't know. Did you see the um, the story tonight uh, is... Uh, it's just crazy. I can't, I can't even keep up with this stuff. Did you see this Kyrie Irving guy? He now he wants to start his own league. <laughs> what in the Sam hell is this guy doing, bro? You are tripping. I mean, you really are. Uh, this guy is what a gem. This guy is. <laughs> I mean, whatever. He's changing the world, man. He's the voice of reason. He's the he's the peaceful protester. Your boy Kyrie. What's bad Kyrie who plays 20 games a year? Guy never plays. Greatest player ever that never plays. Greatest player ever that can't play, can't get on the floor, injured more. I mean, my mother-in-law, it, it, she plays more basketball than Kyrie Irving. She's, you know... Believe me, you, when I tell you she's on the 16th hole, (laughs) okay? You know how we gauge everything on the, you know, I'm on the back nine myself. I get around the 11th or 12th hole, right? I still got a few holes to go. I'm running out of holes, but she's really running out of holes, right? But she drinks like Jameson, and we all know uh, she's cute. (laughs) But, I mean, she plays more ball. Then Kyrie Irving. I mean, she's mid-80s playing basketball, and she's out there drinking uh, JMO and shooting 30-footers. And my boy Kyrie is, what does he do? He never plays. He's like an injury waiting to happen. He, he literally is, I, what a disappointment. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. You can have him. You can, listen, take him in Brooklyn. I don't care where he, Duke. I don't care where, Boston. I can't even keep track of all of his BS. I really, Cleveland, <laughs> where was he? I can't keep track of this guy's drama. Oh, my God. You know what it is, Mafia? It's Duke. That's what it's Duke. Have you ever noticed that all these guys, one after the next, Danny, Ferry, every one of them, name one of them that doesn't turn into a drama queen. I mean, honestly. He really played at Duke, though. He only got, what, like, nine games? 
whatever. But he went there, so he's got that Duke-itis, doesn't he? Are you kidding me? Like, listen, now, first of all, we know why he's mad, allegedly, right? I mean, if, if the stories are true, it's because he's uh, – he, bottom line, he, he doesn't believe they should go to Orlando and play, right? And then we know that he's not going to play either way. He's not going to play either way because he's injured. He's not going to play because he had shoulder surgery in like the first week of March. And people are like, oh, bet on the Nets. Uh, Kyrie and KD are coming back because people are so stupid ass. That's like, uh, seriously, the worst bet, the two worst bets I've heard in a while, I'll be honest with you, as the Nets are going to win the championship and that the Cleveland Browns are going to win the Super Bowl. That was the worst one. I, the, the Cleveland Browns Super Bowl uh, tickets last year, wasn't it last year, Moff? Yeah, it was. That, Once they got that was the, well, that was the worst. That was the worst. That so many suckers and idiots actually believed that you know, they were going to win the Super Bowl and they all bet all their money on the, on the Cleveland Browns. I mean, you got to be kidding me. The Cleveland Browns, no offense, Cleveland. We've been down this road before. I love you. It's a great town, great people, great fans. I don't have an issue with anybody there. Believe me, you, I swear to God, I don't have a problem. But when it comes to like, you know, the Cleveland Browns, I'm sorry. I've had this argument with these people, and it never ends. I'm not going to lose an argument over some team that hasn't done anything. They won titles in the 50s before the NFL came around. And whatever. You can tell your grandma all those stories you want, bro. Have some milk and cookies. Talk. Don't talk to me about stuff before the merger. Don't talk to me about anything. Talk to me about NFL Super Bowls. Talk to me about reality, the NFL. I'm not talking about, you know, winning pro football championships before the NFL came around. That's what they always do. They try to give me this argument that they have this great history. No, they don't. All they do is lose. And then, you know, people buying into that they were going to win it all. That was the funniest thing I ever saw until this year when I heard just recently that the Nets were going to win the NBA championship. Shut up. Stop. Listen. They wouldn't have won the NBA championship if KD and Kyrie came back and played. How's that sound? How you like them apples? Because I'm not, no, no, I don't doubt KD's groove and his game, right? I don't doubt his skill putting it in the hole. I mean, that guy can score in his sleep. I like his game. You know what? I had this discussion with my son, Gunner, about, uh, he's, you know, George Gervin to me. He is better than George Gervin. I mean, George Gervin was about, you know, 24, 25 points a game, whatever. And then in his, you know, super prime peak years, he was like more like, you know, 28, 29, 30 points a game in his like four or five best years in the league, right? At, at the ultimate peak of his career, at the top of the mountain. When you go to the top of the mountain and then you come down the other side, right? But at the top of the mountain, that four or five-year window at the top of the mountain, when you get to the peak of the mountain, you're up at the top and you stop and have some shots of whiskey and, and a beer and smoke a fatty and go down the other side, that's when it's over. George Gervin lit it up from anywhere, everywhere. He scored at will. But 
to me, KD can score from anywhere, uh, you know, at will from just literally every night. He's just been doing it for a while now. He's been he's been doing that going up the mountain, right? He's been doing it literally having 30, 40 point games left and right going up the mountain. He's not even near the top of the mountain, but his body, his body is starting to fail him, right? And break down. I mean, I know anyone could have an injury. I've had 50 million basketball injuries myself. And anyone can blow out a knee. Anyone can blow out an Achilles. Anyone can uh, tear their rotator. Anyone could break their hand like I have. Broken kneecaps. You know, every injury known to man. Broken every finger five times. I mean, literally, I've broken everything. I've broken everything. So I'm not going to say you can't get injured, right? But you can't deny that the guy is starting to have injuries, right? He's broken his feet. Remember that? And then he's now he's blown out his Achilles. So, I mean, he's got a little bit of a, an injury rap sheet, any way you look at it. But I won't deny the guy can throw it up and he's a badass. Right, fair enough? But I don't believe, I truly do not believe that you can be out for a year with a Achilles problem. Do not believe that. You can just tear your Achilles, suffer your almost to date, and then come back and immediately start scoring 30, 40, and having the cardio burn that you need to be in a rhythm to hang down physically in the NBA every night. And none of them have put in front, so that might advantage for everybody. That might hold the field and level the cardio, and uh, everybody's on the same plane, right? Everybody's in concert with Warner, physically speaking, cardio speaking, body, mind, uh, you know. And it goes with it. Like you have to grind and play every day to understand it. Us, but the bottom is that he hasn't played in a year, and I just don't believe a guy that can sit out for a year. You know, we've seen it before with uh, players. Isaiah Thomas broke his hand, and then he missed fifty-five games or something like that, and then came back for the playoffs, and that was the end of the Pistons. He was never the same. Because he was, you know, unstoppable when he was healthy and they were winning titles, right? And then when he got injured and came back and missed all those games and came back and they couldn't win with him because it was the end. I just don't believe you can sit out for a year and not play. I mean, even though he's shooting and, and training and working on his game, fair enough. I got no problem with that. Lifting, doing all the you know, the grind in the gym and doing your PT and all the rest and dealing with trainers and having your massage therapy and all the rest and eating right and everything else. That's all Gandhi have at it. But I'm talking about, and Mafia knows, he knows, he plays. Mafia plays basketball, like hardcore. So don't even tell me, Mafia, you you know the guy uh, has been out a year. You can't tell me you just walk on the floor after a year and you're the exact same grind as you were if you were playing every single night for seven months. No, hell no. I mean, look at the way some of these other guys have come back from long-term injuries like that, like PG-13, it took him like over a year to get back, or some of these other guys that had freak leg breaks. Uh, you know, it just it's not something that you just bounce back from easily. you got to work for at least a year sometimes on the court. Right, so... Bottom line is, is that I don't believe for one minute that they could uh, win the NBA championship. First of all, I never believed for one minute that that Wussbag Kyrie was going to, uh, that he was going to play. I, I knew he wasn't going to play. I, you couldn't count on that guy to show up on his wedding day. 
uh, to the wedding. I mean, I just, I, if there's anyone I don't count on on that team, it's him. Now, you can talk about how great he is all you want. The guy can fill it up. I won't deny he can fill it up. He's got great moves. He's an incredible scorer. He's got a great mind for the game. The way he plays is phenomenal. He is lightning in a bottle. The guy can do it all. You know, when he plays once every month. <laughs> I mean, for Christ's sakes, the guy never plays. He never plays. Shut up. I don't want to hear it. So they're not winning anything. I never. I knew that all along. But all the suckers still lined up and bought those tickets. I mean, honestly, like, I don't understand. How do you bet? Because I'm a better, right? I, I, and everybody knows I hit tons of games. How do you bet on, like, who goes and makes that bet? Oh, they see that 60 to 1. Boy, that number sure moved from 200 to 1 to 60 to 1 because everybody thought Kyrie and KD were going to play. But did you really think about it? Did you really think about that they would play and that they would actually play? One of them are going to play. They have no chance to win the NBA championship. What a joke. The conversation that I'm having here is not about uh, how stupid you are as a better to bet on them, knowing that you know nothing. You're like such a moron. You're like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to go bet all my money on a team. I have no idea if any of the star players are going to be able to play, but I'm going to go make that bet anyway. Who does that? What is wrong with you? I just don't get it. I don't bet on losers. And I don't bet on teams when I know the two best players are nowhere near the floor. They're not going to be anywhere near. So what happened was, is that Kyrie Irving, this is just my guess. Okay, not that I know anything. I'm not acting like I'm some kind of genius about anything ever. But it smells to me like, and tell me if I'm wrong, that the guy uh, found out he couldn't, well, he knew he wasn't going to play. So he knew then they said he couldn't go to Orlando because they're only letting the lowest number of people be in that bubble. It's only going to be very limited, you know, players like one family member, doctors, trainers, blah, blah, blah. couple media people get to do it. That's it. I mean, they're calling the games from like Atlanta in the TNT studios in, in hot town. They're not even going to be at the games. So they're not going to let all these players like. Kyrie Irving, who's not playing, just sit on the bench at the end of the bench like they're at an NBA game in their suits and they're injured and they're dressed to the nines in suits and at the end of the bench laughing and counting their diamond rings on their fingers and laughing with the other guys that are injured. It's not going to work that way. So he didn't like that. So the next thing you know, he started talking about players shouldn't go play. Then the next thing uh, he starts talking about is uh, am I wrong that social injustice is more important right now than basketball? That might be the case. But the next thing you know, he's talking about, uh, we need to start our own league. We need our own league, not the NBA. Are you kidding? 